Hey, it's uh, Money Talk. Uh, I'm Andrew Maskless Work and talking Money Talk. We now welcome the man from Uncle. No, it's Uncle Ross. Ross Feingold, Business Development Director at Safe Pro Group, coming at us live from Taipei. Ni hao, Ross. Good morning. Good morning, Maskless Andrew. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know you guys in the other parts of the world probably think we're a little, uh, little late to the party on that one, but you know we're t- we're taking what we can and being grateful for. Well, it. Well, yeah, the truth is, even here in Taiwan, the indoor mask ma- mask mandate was only recently eliminated. So, uh, you know, Hong Kong and Taiwan still have some things in common. And and I mean, do they have in common that even though the ban is lifted, are people still wearing their masks in Taiwan? Well, yeah, that, that's a great question because the outdoor mask mandate was actually eliminated towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And, and an enormous number of people, very high percentage of people outside as you walk around are still wearing masks outside. So to answer your question with regard to the lifting of the indoor mask mandate uh, uh, very recently, uh, yeah, people are still wearing masks. Uh, I'm definitely the minority, whether outside or inside, uh, without a mask. Or even, for example, in in the gym, uh, where there has not been a mask mandate for for an extended period of time. That one was one of the exceptions to the general indoor mask mandate. But even in the gym, people are generally still wearing masks. Wow. So all the all the restrictions are lifted, but people are still wearing them. Sounds very much like Japan. Uh, similar situation. I mean, I'm asking because, I mean, tourists uh, are going to be heading to Taiwan. The numbers haven't been great the last couple of years, of course. But, but uh, you know, Taiwan seems to be following a little bit the, uh, the Hong Kong thing. Hong Kong, they're buying tickets for people to come to Hong Kong. But Taiwan is giving away cash, 5,000 new Taiwan dollars to 500,000 tourists and 20,000 uh, Taiwan bucks to 90,000 tour groups. Um, what do you think? Is this is this going to have an impact? How does it work? And then is it going to have an impact? Uh, the plan is to put it on some kind of stored value card. Uh, so 5,000 Taiwan dollars, it's about 160 U.S. dollars. Uh, I think the, the, the details are still being worked out. The, the implementation, I, I would guess it'll be a bit uh, uh, sloppy at the outset until the, the various... Uh, stakeholders figure out exactly the best way to do it, whether that's government agencies here or, or tourists, uh, airlines, uh, hotels. However, it's going to work in practice. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in the first group that, that avails itself. I, I would recommend maybe people wait and see for a few weeks and see how the implementation is going. But you know, for Hong Kong travelers who, who often uh, come to, at least pre COVID, would come, for example, just to Taipei for a weekend of, say, shopping eating. Uh, it's nice to have another uh, 160 U.S. dollars. So uh, I would encourage uh, Hong Kong tourists who are, who are considering a, a weekend away to, to think of Taipei. I mean, I guess I guess 160 bucks over a weekend. Yeah, I mean, is, is it going to make that much of a difference? Are the hotel groups uh, applauding this? Are they saying it's not enough? I mean, how is the industry reacting? Are they, are they thinking it's going to move uh, the needle? Industry- Industry definitely says not enough, and, and the, the big challenge there is whether or not tourists from the mainland are going to come back to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So Taiwan government is not very keen on that uh, for obvious political reasons, uh, but, but the fact remains that the tourists from the mainland were the big spenders for the Taiwan tourist market, uh, say, over the past 10, 10 plus years, ever since uh, that opened up both to individual travelers and tour groups. So when the government here in Taiwan talks about 
other markets such as Southeast Asia or Korea and Japan. What often happens is, and we could see that, I saw this yesterday just walking around parts of Taipei that are very uh, touristy, the, Taiwan attracts a lot of young travelers, mm. uh, backpackers, uh, you see uh, friends, uh, young people from Korea, Japan coming here for a few days. Because Taiwan, for them, is, is relatively affordable. There, mm. There's a wide option of, of, of affordable uh, uh, accommodations, for example. They don't have to eat five-star food. They could eat street food. Uh, but but uh, they, they don't do a lot of daily spend. So it's going to keep coming that back to that issue that the, the stakeholders in the industry, whether it's hotels or tourist sites and others, uh, ultimately they want the mainland tourists to come back in large numbers. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I, I think six months from now, a year from now, if we have the same conversation, we're going to hear that. You know, I'll be saying that the tourist industry stakeholders are still disappointed with the post-COVID inbound tourist flows. Oh, and I mean, uh, my, my old... Uh hunting grounds Kaohsiung in the south they just opened up a new cruise ship terminal you're thinking that that might not be put to max capacity immediately it might take a little while for the tourists to come back and ramp yeah, up yeah the issue the issue with with regional cruises uh that stop in several ports around the region is they often uh might only do a day stop in tai- taiwan or one night uh so people will go off the boat and whether the boat uh port does a port call in the north at jiwong or in the south at Kaohsiung. Uh, but the, those visitors tend not to stay here very long. So again, compared to the mainland tour groups that would come to Taiwan for, for say, 10 days and travel all over the island and, and daily spend of around 175 to $200 per, per visitor, uh, even the, cru- the cruise industry doesn't uh, really supply that. Hmm. So tourism is one part of the industry. Of course, Taiwan, major exporter. Uh, the industry's perception of what's happening in the rest of the world, I think, influences you know their outlook. And uh, lately, they haven't been so uh, optimistic. What What's the take on on Taiwan's status for exports? Yeah, I hate, hate to be a downer this morning, but uh, PwC here in Taiwan recently uh, issued a survey about Taiwan business leaders' outlook for 2023, a, a global outlook, and and. 77 percent, it's just an extraordinary high number of the business leaders surveyed, uh, they, they expect a global recession in 2023. And as you said, uh, Taiwan is so export-focused. So a, a survey of, of whether SME or larger business leaders here in Taiwan about their view on the I mean, that tells you. It really informs you about what their com or the nature of their conversations with their customers, and, and these are these are manufacturing people, right? This is not those are not services economy people. Right? Mm-hmm. These are people who make stuff and sell it worldwide, whether it's in the traditional and in, traditional industry, manufacture goods or, or tech, uh, and. It's clear that feedback they're getting from their customers is we might not be buying as much in 2023. Yes, I mean, I mean, the uh, you know we were talking in the earlier part of the show about the production manufacturers indices results from a number of countries, uh, especially China is looking really good. Although we talked about the base effect, uh, PMIs in Thailand, Vietnam, and other countries were climbing, but Taiwan it's coming up. It's still below 50 percent. I mean, uh, the National Development Council's uh, you know in the notes you helpfully sent me. Flashing a blue light for the third straight month, not good, but what's, yeah, what's, a, Taiwan, what's a blue light? Taiwan uh, has a government agency called the National Development Council, and, and they, they publish a composite index and then uh, to make it understandable for, 
for, for the public, uh, it's, it's assigned a color. So a blue light is actually not the one you want. So the composite of indices that, that uh, form this uh, uh, color determination is flashing blue. That's at the low end. Uh, hasn't been blue for quite a long time. Uh, it, it's not a good sign. But, but that is consistent with, with the uh, uh, survey of business leaders that we were discussing a few minutes ago, that uh, that outlook, uh, at least from a Taiwan perspective and for exports, is, is just not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, we all want the best for Taiwan, so hopefully things will pick up. Uh, Ross Feingold, a uh, quick one before we go. Interest rates, I mean, central bank, what, how are they going to play into this? How do they see inflation? Yeah, uh, economists do expect Taiwan Central Bank to, to raise rates again by another uh, 12.5 basis points. Uh, they, inflation, is, like many places, inflation is a serious problem. There's been a lot of attention uh, here recently about the price of eggs and also a shortage of eggs. It, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that really angers consumers. And uh, there is an election in Taiwan next January, so you can imagine how government officials are terrified of, of angry consumers uh, who can't fight eggs or the price of eggs have been going up. And residential housing costs uh, have, have continued uh, to be high. Uh, rental prices are quite high. So uh, you, what could you do to, to combat that? You raise interest rates. You're going to make omelets. you got to break a few eggs, but you got to be able to buy them first. This is the always dependable Ross Feingold, Business Development Director from the SafePro Group.